Ben, you just dropped a hammer just before we... Oh, I got the big questions. Well, you've got a big question to our next guest. Yep. And we both, we it was unanimous in the break that our next guest is our biggest guest we've ever had. He's up there, him and, well, him and Gazy. Him and, well, we went Gazy, we also had Gilchrist. I, I thought no. uh, there's a lot of Indians no, no. out there who love their cricket. Well, you know, not Indians, but subcontinent. Everyone knows who Adam Gilchrist is around the world, English as well, no. that love, you know, Adam Gilchrist. No, not no. Gaze. Gaze, and this perhaps, man borderline. Yeah. What about Michael Klim? He's up there. But up there. Gaze. Was Gaze. Him? Like, tops him? Tops, the next guest. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. Well, I think get him next, on, get him on. Get him on. on. All right, let's stop crapping on. Um, we've got Australia's first ever Winter Olympic gold medalist on the line, and that's Steve Bradbury. G'day, Steve. G'day, guys. Yeah, the debate against Gazy. Well, he did five Olympics. I only did four. He doesn't get any medals. He got fourth place about 15 times. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why. We're, that's we're, why. We're claiming you as yeah, our best guest. Mate, the, the first question I've got to ask you, I know you've been asked a million times, but have you ever had a frozen penis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no? Wow. I guess, that, yeah, that, I guess that's the one you prep for. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> the poor skier, the cross-country skier over right. in the Olympics that uh, yeah. is poisoned. Penis froze. Um, oh, really? Like frostbite? Yeah, it went no, frostbite. It was all over the news. I thought you reported that yourself. <laughs> oh, well, I can tell you when you're wearing a, uh, a full length lycra bodysuit uh, in front of the world in a cold ice rink, it doesn't do a lot. Shrinkage is a thing. <laughs> Oh, no, we'll bring the show back to normal yeah, here. please. Goodness, I didn't think you were going there with that big question. <laughs> no, nah, sorry, mate. Um, look, <laughs> Steve, um, for those people out there, obviously it's one of the most iconic moments uh, in sport and we're well aware of that, but your backstory for me is even more sort of important to know and uh, I just want to ask what was sort of worse if, and if you could go into your backstory about your, your significant injuries first, what was worse, the... Uh, the five litres of blood or the uh, broken neck? <laughs> yeah, well, if it was five litres, I would have been dead. Yeah, it was four, wasn't it? Yeah, four. Four litres, so out of, out of a total of five and a half that a bloke of my size has. Um, but they were oh. both very different injuries. The, the blood loss was a lot more life-threatening, and I really learned at that point how much power that I had inside myself because, you know, when you're lying on the ice and... You're starting to lose consciousness and you think you might die. I just refused to lose consciousness because I had a lot of unfinished business and I tried to turn that into a positive after they took the 131 stitches out of my leg. But uh, when I broke my neck, that was only 18 months before the gold medal and you know, that was where I had already done three Olympics and I hadn't done my best at any of them and I had two and a half months with a halo brace screwed into my skull and I had a lot of time to think and I decided, well... I have to do that fourth Olympics because I haven't done my best in front of the world yet. And at my fourth Olympics, my best realistically isn't going to be medals anymore. But if I can do my best, I'll be happy. And, you know, that was where I sort of changed mindset from being outcome or medal focused to just being process focused to do my best every day with what I got. Do you you think too, I mean, obviously that's hard work. It's, It's determination. It's mindset. Do you think, too, there might have been a bit of divine intervention there? Well, there was a lot of divine intervention, wasn't there? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the luckiest individual Olympic gold medalist in the history of sport. But, you know, I like to think that 
throughout my speed skating career, and I was ranking the top 10 skaters in the world for over a decade. Mm. I had my share of bad luck at previous games. I played hard, but I played fair, and if you had asked me if I believed in, in karma before the gold medal, I probably would have said no, but nowadays I like to think that, you know, there's a little bit of what goes around comes around. And there was a show recently, uh, I think on one of the new sort of sports program shows about um, the other finalists and sort of where they sat with how things happen and where they've gone from there. Um, obviously, you've spoken to them, or you, I assume you've spoken to them since. What are their views on sort of how iconic the moment has been for us? Do they do they find that a little bit humorous, or are they? Um, uh, how, how have they moved on since? Well, it depends which one of them you speak to. The, uh, <laughs> the Chinese and the Korean guy don't speak a lot of English, but I don't think they have too many good things to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the American Apollo Ono, he was the, the pin-up boy for that Olympics in Salt Lake City, hometown favourite, pumped up by the media to win four gold medals, and he ended up scrambling across the line to the silver, and you know he still gets asked about that race probably more often than the ones that he went on to win gold in. You know, he retired with, with two gold, three silver and three bronzes and, you know, he's arguably one of the greatest ever struck on a pair of speed skates and, you know, the those guys, the Canadian guy, Matthew Turcotte, that got the bronze, they both congratulated me after the race, which was which was pretty big of them and, you know, one thing that race has been able to do is, is put the sport of short track speed skating on the map, not just in Australia, but in a lot of countries where people hadn't seen it before. And, you know, it's, these days it's really become a, a multinational sport and has the potential to be something massive in the future. It's very television-friendly, and, you know, one day I think the top skaters will be uh, making millions of dollars out of it. Well, we were discussing that before, um, that, um, you know, what was the pin-up event at these, at these Winter Olympics? And I, I, I'm with you, yeah, the speed skating um, since you went around and, you know, dominated that it has become very exciting and it probably has outranked a lot of other sports uh, to to watch. Well, the pin-up event for me, even though I'm pretty biased towards speed skating for, for the Winter Olympics just gone, was the was the men's snowboard halfpipe final with, uh, with Sean Bullitt, Valentino Giselli and Scotty Jones in yep. it. But, uh, yeah, speed skating's definitely gone from strength to strength and, you know, Channel 7... Uh, Channel 7 expected to beat that ridiculous show Maths in the ratings two out of the 16 nights of the Winter Games. That's been the highest rating show in Australia for the last two years, which concerns me. Me too, mate. Me too. <laughs> concerning. But the Winter Games actually beat it 15 out of the 16 nights, so that gave me a little bit of faith in humanity. <laughs> and so it should. Like watching reality TV, which is sport. Yeah. Uh, no, so it should. Absolutely. So, uh, Steve, at the at the Winter Games, uh, these ones around, you said the snowboard uh, is now kind of what I'd call the new blue ribbon event along with the, the men's downhill. But with our Aussies, um, I have a very big soft spot for Jakara being one of her former coaches, so I, I like to roll that one out whenever I can. But... Um, Another gold medalist uh, to, to add to the, the very elite group that we have in Australia, just six of you. And uh, I saw uh, on social media you did a pretty good job of welcoming, welcoming her to the club. Does it in, uh, include a few beers for her? 
Well, yeah, funnily enough, I've got my own beer company now. It's called Last Beans Beating Australian Lager. Looking uh, forward to a case of that, well, Steve. Well, 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 we're getting to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll have, we'll have to get some down to the station for you, Blacks. But we're on our way down to Victoria. We haven't really dominated the uh, dominated the streets down there yet, but that's still to come. But, yeah, I think the, uh, you know, Jakara's performance is amazing. She, she crushed that field in every round. And four medals from the Winter Games for Australia is, is a new record. But it leaves a lot of room because we could easily have won six or seven at the Olympics just past. So, you know, I think I think next time around we should be looking at that sort of number. We we had the snowboard cross and the aerials penciled in as our best chances to get medals and we didn't get medals in those sports. Yep, and uh, I think one of the other ones we saw with you back in uh, 2002 put speed skating on the map. Uh our sliding sports. How do you feel about them now that we've uh, we've done so well in in the uh, mono bob and and now the skeleton as well? Do you think that's uh, going to put them on the map for the next uh, couple of Olympics? Yeah, well, I like to call them the ice sports of the Winter Olympics, so that I can put myself in their category nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, worth a grab. But uh, you know, the the ice sports haven't won a, a medal. Well, I got the first one as part of the relay team back in '94, and then you know the gold that everyone remembers, but. Uh, all, all, all the medals we've won since then have been on the snow. So the Jackie Maricop picking up the silver was fantastic. And, you know, Bree Walker in the monobot was probably a, a stronger chance for a medal to win than what, uh, than what Jackie was. So, you know, there's there's further chances for, for both those girls in future games. And, you know, it's made, uh, I'm sure the ratings for the sliding sports have, have benefited greatly from that. No, Steve, what, I, I was just doing my research to, for the show tonight. I had a quick look uh, through the Hall of Fame that you're in, Sporting Hall of Fame, and some great names in there. There is a speed skater from way back in the day. I'm just sort of wondering how you got into it early and, and who was sort of who have been your sporting sort of heroes. Well, that would have been, that would have been Jim Lynch, I believe, who was the 1978 world champion. Oh, there you go. Yeah, uh... There was a, another speed skater from Australia. His name was Danny Carr, and he did his Olympic campaigns in land track. Uh, he had a tenth place in in Calgary '88. Yeah, that guy was a machine, and watching him grow up was someone that uh, I certainly looked up to. And my dad was the national champion a couple of times back in the '60s, so he got me into the sport as a youngster and saw that I had a bit of a potential. And he forced me to go to running and cycling with him before school, and I hated him for it. But uh, when I saw the sport on the international stage, the first time I went to the World Championships in Amsterdam, I was 15, and I watched this Japanese skater. His last name is Kawasaki, same as the motorbike. Yeah, and he passed three guys on the outside, broke the world record by 0.8 of a second and got the gold medal, and I was sitting there in the grandstand, and I said to myself, I'm going to do that one day. And that was the last time where I needed my dad to push me. Oh, there you go. And, and, and given the iconic moment that, that you represent, what what for you has been a, a sporting sort of moment that's impressed you the most? One that I remember the most? Yeah. Ooh, let's... Because uh... mm. we rely on you as, as, as that big iconic yeah. sort of thing, but what, what, what stands out to you as, as, as something like that? Well, I've always considered Lydia Lassler to be a bit of a machine when it came to aerials, and and I watched her come through the ranks being a few years younger than me in her sport. And I was fortunate enough to, to be on the jump site in Sochi 
in Russia in 2014. Now, this is not where she got the gold. She got the gold in Vancouver in 2010, and I was there for that one as well. But in Sochi 2014, she was going for a trick called the full double full full, which is three somersaults and four twists, which no woman had ever completed before. And when that trick came up on the screen that she was going to go for it, you could just feel everybody, everybody's breath just went, oh, what? She's, a chick can't do that. She's actually going to try it. And she nearly landed it, over-rotated a fraction and just kind of sat down on her bum a little bit on the landing. But for me, yeah, she picked up the bronze there, but for me that was probably the highlight of my sporting spectator career. What do you think of that jump, Tim? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, those aerialists, they're, they're pretty nuts. And, uh, yeah, that full double, full, full is, uh, yeah, definitely something that I will not be going anywhere near, that's for sure. <laughs> um, now, Steve, you mentioned your beer. I just wanted to chat about that a bit. Uh, that's, that's a new um, avenue for you, is it? I've been going with that business for about two and a half years now. Uh-huh. Um, I'm pretty, pretty proud of the product we've created. Last man standing lager. I think it's the best lager ever brewed, but... I'm a little bit biased, obviously. <laughs> uh, down your way, if you've got a first choice store near you, there might be a couple of cartons in there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, if we can uh, if we can turn it into uh, a well-known beer brand, which we hope to in the future, and, and take on all the overseas-owned brands, because every mainstream beer in Australia, with the exception of Cooper's, is now owned offshore. Oh, right. There's one thing we want to do, I think, on the back of COVID, it's support... Not only Australian owned, but Australian, not only Australian made, but Australian owned businesses. And, and if the grand master plan comes off, I'd like to make last man standing the Brisbane 2032 Olympic beer. Oh, well, well, I, I did see um, a good friend of mine is Dylan Leach, a uh, good, good friend, um, and I saw you and him uh, campaigning Mount Isa um, for the Winter Olympics. <laughs> I reckon that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> Well, he's dealing catter these days, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a bit of a piss take there. Where we're <laughs> with the the twenty thirty Winter Olympic bid for Mount Isa. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, it's just a, that was a fun couple of days filming up there. <laughs> I bet it was. What was the thing that highlight was the biggest highlight for you in that little town? Ooh. Was it wow. the, the speed skating ring uh, looks looks um, on track for for you know that and the accommodation I saw. Was probably oh, first the, class. Yeah, the the underground hospital was was an interesting <laughs> facility. Yeah, but probably the, the highlight was getting to go down the actual mine where we where we played on uh, satirically taking the sliding events underground. So it's like escape escaping the mine shaft, like the <laughs> Indiana Jones movie in the in the mine cart. So that was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. Very good. And what did what did you make? What have you been making of the media and your work in it? Do you, do you enjoy that side of the um, of the sport? Oh uh, yeah, I love getting a bit of Olympic fever running through my veins again. Yeah. Uh, in, in fact, it feels like you're cheating in a way getting to be involved with the Winter Olympic coverage but not having to do all the work to be part of it. Uh-huh. He is training in the leader. But, you know, for me, in, in speed skating, I you know I know everything about those sports and it's great to be able to, to share my knowledge with Australia. And, you know, I enjoy doing the commentary. I might even have a crack at, at something else going forward, see if I can have a crack at cycling or something for the comm games. Who knows? Yeah, mate, we, we, we spoke, you spoke earlier about the the uh, short track and the sprinting maybe becoming uh, a very rich type sport 
when you sort of look at your career and, and making money, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to word this. <laughs> Did you make enough? I and mean, Has it rewarded you? I know that's not everything, but obviously we look at the, the amount people are getting paid now by sponsors and, and everyone's sponsored by Red Bull and everyone's sponsored by this and making millions of dollars. Do you sort of look back and think you might have just sort of missed that error and you, you could have done a lot more, as in learnt a lot more? Yeah, for sure. You know, there's, there's a bit of jealousy there, I think, of any retired athlete because, well, athletes don't retire anymore because mm. there's so much money in it. They think, well, if I retire, I'm going to lose my paycheck. Whereas in my day, there was no paycheck. So uh, I had to retire to get some money. And the day that I did decide to retire after the gold medal was the day I started to get sponsored and, and marketing endorsements and, and this, that and the other. So for me, it, it felt like uh, it was all in reverse and it was kind of a weird superannuation plan in some way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've been I've been able to, to turn motivational speaking and a bit of stand-up comedy and emceeing conferences and corporate dinners into a into a full-time career, which people told me it would be a full-time thing, but, you know, I, I decided to become a bit of an expert on stage there, and it, it went well for about 15 years, and then COVID hit, and the whole thing blew up in my face, so I've, I've gotten pretty good at trimming my hedges for the last couple of years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they they look bloody good, too. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I, I look at, yeah, I mean... As I said, it's it's our iconic moment, so there should be. I think there should be some retrospective sponsorship. Oh yes, and uh, I a think, huge yeah. Nike deal or yeah, something like that. Steve, just, to all just, our sort of our, our famous sort of ex sports people, should be retrospective, given the amount of money they throw put around. A big tick on his uh, on his Australian jacket yep. when he got the gold medal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not everybody can have the brand Air Jordan when they finish, can they? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, we'll leave it there, mate. Thank you so much for your time this evening, mate. I, I know we, we tried to get you on about a month ago, um, but unfortunately it fell through. But it's so good to catch up. Yeah, beautiful, guys. Thanks for the chat, eh? Thanks, no, mate. No worries, mate. There we go. Steve Bradbury, Australia's uh, first ever gold medal at the Winter Olympics and... Got me tongue-tied. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. That's right. We always do with with our heroes. Um, and, yeah, what a, what a champion he was. And I just love the full story, is. mate. Yeah. It's, 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 even, it's a better story well, than just that moment. It's I, I a much better story. I distinctly remember back then when you crossed the line for first. Everyone was, whoa, this yep. guy, you know, he, you know, you did a Steve Bradbury. But then you researched it mm. and then you got the story. It's like, hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, well, on, on the night, it's actually one of the funny things I think a lot of people don't know. The referee who was refereeing the yes. event was actually an Aussie. And oh. so when he crossed the line and they're like, oh, there's going to be protests and everything, uh, they, uh, they, <laughs> they, he was actually an Aussie. So I think he had that in his favour and they said, that's all done. That's all done. Oh, we're, we're locking it in there, Eddie. Oh, Bradbury cool won. Moment. Bad luck you too. Yeah. <laughs> a cool moment.